Facebook leads the industry in stopping bad actors online. That's because they've invested $13 billion in teams and technology to enhance safety over the last five years. It's working. In just the past few months, they've taken down 1.7 billion fake accounts to stop bad actors from doing harm. But working to reduce harmful and illicit content on their platforms is never done. Learn more about how they're helping people connect and share safely at about.fb.com safety. T-Mobile is your new choice in coverage and value. And we've got an exclusive offer for your town. Introducing the Hometown Discount. Switch to T-Mobile and you get 25% off qualifying new lines for life. That's 25% off unlimited talk, text, and data for the life of your plan. Head to T-Mobile and save big today. At participating stores for a limited time, visit tmobile.com slash hometown discount. Discount stops if you cancel lines. Heavy data users and customers on lower prioritized plans may notice lower speeds during congestion due to data prioritization. Video typically streams at 40p. Help the Crowd Shout Radio Show grow and thrive by doing something you already do. Shop on Amazon. Amazon always has great deals for whatever you are looking for. From survivalists and riot gear to beanie babies. Next time you're going to shop at Amazon, use my link. The prices stay the same, but I get credit for the sale. Just go to tinyurl.com slash B and just shop normally knowing that you're helping support the Crotch Shot Radio Show. That's tinyurl.com slash B. Morning. Morning. This show contains mature content. Listener discretion is advised. Are you ready to get your mind blown? One angry New York City Puerto Rican decided to start a radio show. Determined to piss the world off by shoving a mirror in front of society's face. He kicked them in the balls. What are you? Who are you? This is the Crotch Shot Radio Show. Crotch Shot Radio Show. This is not a test. This is a broadcast transmission. We're going to stay on the air. And now, and now, the weepy, the weepy. Welcome to the Crotch Out Radio Show where we kick the issues in the balls. We are on an active war against bullshit. We would do anything and everything to expose bullshit. The ends sometimes justify the means. So if you're angry and want the truth exposed, then strap in the prepare to be shocked. This is Smash Mouth Talk. If you can't accept that, then fuck off. I'm your host, Louis B. I takes no bullshit from nobody. I actually expose the, the bullshit of society. And chop it up into easy-to-digest chunks for you. Today won't be any different. Today, I am honored to have Luis Gialdo. He's a Puerto Rican activist, ex-municipal legislator, and ex-candidate for state rep for Puerto Rico. Also a boxing fanatic. He wrote the article, Why Statehood is Bad for Puerto Rico, back in 2014 on La La uh, West, ah, damn it, how come I can't say this word now? <laughs> Resopuestamedia.com Luis, how are you doing? I'm doing all right, Louis B. How about yourself? I'm okay. From one Luis to another Luis, welcome. Represent, thank you. <laughs> so, um, actually, I have a tradition. Usually when I have another Puerto Rican on the show, um... I usually play a little something, something, or else uh, riots will happen, and you know right. we just we just can't have that. Um, nah, if I exactly can... two Puerto Ricans together and you have a problem. So yeah, yeah, no, no, because you gotta you gotta play. I gotta I have to play this or else you know I'll get emails like, yo, why didn't you play it? You had another Puerto Rican brother on here, and ah, uh, here it is. 
So yeah, I I have to oh, play. Yeah. yeah, that that's just that. If I don't play it, then then there's a hex that gets cast on the whole broadcast, and you know. No yeah. doubt. I mean, that's 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 our second anthem. So. Yeah. What the Mercado will come out from wherever he's hiding and kick my ass. So some of the spirits. Yeah. <laughs> like Vertigo. So exactly. either that or, or that or I'll get molested by that la- that lady, that puppet lady that uh talks <laughs> like oh my. Yeah. Is it isn't that like the female version of Walter Mercado? I, I Well isn't Walter Mercado the fe- female version of Walter Mercado? Yeah, I guess it depends what day of the week it is. Yeah. So. So, anyways, let me let me let's let me not let me stop. So, anyways, my first question is: uh, since you are a boxing fanatic, Conor McGregor or Floyd Mayweather? I think both of that. I, I think that match is garbage. I'm not even gonna watch it. Really? Insult the body. I think it's terrible. I mean, uh, uh, McGregor is not a boxer. I mean, and, and even if he once was a boxer. I don't know if he was. I'm supposing he was if he's going to step into a ring. I mean, uh, Floyd Mayweather has made folks like uh, Cotto and Canelo, you know, run for the money. What makes anybody think that McGregor's going to do anything other? It's just a circus show. I'm not even going to bother watching it. I, I was actually highly offended mm. when I saw that they were going to pull that fight up. Right. So, and I'm, I'm not a big Mayweather fan either, so it's like, I'm just gonna like maybe watch the old classic boxing match on my DVR or something. Like I mean, I'm not going to lie. I hope... Um... I hope uh, this guy gets gets his ass kicked. I hope Mayweather. Mayweather. Gets, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I mean, uh, please, you know, baby Jesus. I'd love for McGregor to knock the shit out of uh, uh, Mayweather. Baby but, Jesus. Uh, I don't think that's gonna happen. I think we're gonna just see twelve rounds of Mayweather running around. I mean, if it if it is twelve rounds, it's not yeah. a championship fight. So maybe ten rounds of Mayweather ballet, ballet dancing around the ring. I don't really see how McGregor's gonna hit him. I'm, so I'm, uh, I'm... unfortunately. I'm I'm really upset that that fight's actually taking place. I'm 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 hoping I'm hoping for adult Jesus, his father, <laughs> and the Holy Ghost to jump in. So, yeah, and and just well, you know, tag team wrestling. I'm imagining everybody slapping each other's hands and jumping the ring. And, and yeah. <laughs> oh my God, King! <laughs> so, anyways, Royal Rumble. Yeah, yeah, I'd watch that fight. I'd watch that fight. <laughs> so, anyways, yeah. Um, like I wanted to talk because you wrote this article back in 2014, which honestly, when I was reading it, it, it it's still it's re- very relevant today. Um, let, let me let me give some backstory to some of some of the Americanizados that that listen to the show. Um. Puerto Rico became an American territory in 1898 after the Spanish-American War. This meant that every person born on the island was an American citizen and all males were subject to the draft. Um, The island is considered a commonwealth. A commonwealth in the case of Puerto Rico means that it elects its own government and enacts its own laws subject to the U.S. Constitution and federal courts. Today, Puerto Ricans living on the island do not pay federal taxes but cannot vote for president. Puerto Ricans ha, uh, have a non-voting representative in Congress. That's um, that that you know basically useless. <laughs> useless. Correct. Yeah. 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 And and not only that, but I think yesterday she um, expressed some of her uh, disappointment in the press, uh, stating that uh, you know I'm going to try to quote her here that it's mm. uh, difficult to you know be a, a congressperson in quotations when you represent more than uh, maybe half of the states with representation in Congress, but you don't have a vote. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it is pretty much useless. And in fact, if you look at, you know, the historic record of all the um, resident commissioners we've sent to um, the Congress, they're very low productive. I mean, they miss most of their hearings. I mean, they have the highest absentee rate. So, I mean, it's a pretty... Uh, it's a cushy job. 
It, it is. It's a lame position. And not only that, but interesting fact, not sure if you knew this, but um, compared to the rest of the 500 or so, 400 or so congresspersons, they actually have the highest budget um, among all congresspersons. So really? despite the fact they don't vote, I mean, they have a, you know, a whole army of uh, uh, chauffeurs and, and state-funded offices. So hmm. that's an interesting fact. Why don't they send some of that money back so we can pay pay off this debt to these loan sharks? Um, Amen. Yes. I agree with you. So, um, yeah, so I am just want to go point by point. I also want to touch on some points that that you didn't put in your article. Um, okay. As you can for this for the audience. I did some research. All right. <laughs> so, I so, love the tone you use. <laughs> There's some research today. So, um, yeah. So, uh, what's um, what won't change if Puerto Rico would become a state? I mean, um, traditionally, and you, you said that the article still has relevance today. Yes. And I think my, many of the arguments that they've used to support statement are the same arguments they've used maybe 50 years ago. Yeah. Um, Actually, but, it was no. word for word from um, when I was doing uh, some research, which is how I found your uh, found your article. Um, I believe there was this uh, 20, 20 plus year old um, uh, excerpt from a book. And basically, a state, state, um, point by point, which um, a lot of, um, which I I landed on the dark part of the web, like a lot of like racists were saying, oh well, this is gonna cost us more money, and they don't produce, and you know stuff like that. But um, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry, I cut you off. Well, well, um, I mean, many people speak of statehood, and they've been speaking the last few decades as if it's a sort of you know magic wand to cure all of Puerto Rico's problems. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, uh, about a year or two ago, when I was on the campaign trail, when I would find myself on radio shows with pro-statehood candidates, mm -hmm. you know, you could bring up any topic. We could talk about like you know um, crime or health or economic development, anything. You name the topic, and they find some way to drag the statehood issue into the question. And uh, it, it has been used for the last decades by the statehood movement as a sort of band-aid that would be a cure-for-all for every Puerto Rican ale. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, that's kind of been ingrained into the psyche of most many um, statehood supporters. And uh, I think that's, you know, one of the biggest errors that they commit because, you know, statehood um, is not a, a model of economic development. It's mm -hmm. a political order. Mm -hmm. And... Um, that does not necessarily mean that it will cure all of our social problems. In fact, it's my opinion that it will make them worse. And uh, uh, I think, you know, that's the first step. It's not going to fix everything. It's not a magic wand. It might help us in certain things, but it's not. It most definitely, it's not going to take us out of the situation we're in now. Yeah. If I could read the paragraph that you uh, that you wrote. Um, if Puerto Rico were to become a state, it would retain the same politicians, the same uh, patron clients, politics, the same courts, the same laws, same uh, same minimum wage, and more importantly, the same inhabitants. Statehood would That's do correct. statehood would do little to counter corruption, government inefficiencies, and nor would it decrease the monstrous size of the government. In fact, it, uh, with the influx of federal aid, it would probably increase. Uh, Puerto Ricans on the island will continue to spawn traffic jams, avoid paying taxes, cut in line, and park their cars on the sidewalks. Yeah, and just to give you an example of how ingrained it is in the psyches of persons, I mean, every time, you know, my grandfather, I like to use him as sort of like the uh, prime example of what it is to be a, um, you know, a, a pro-statehood mm -hmm. fanatic, because sometimes we would be in lines in Kmart. Mm. And he would complain about how the lines are too long in Puerto Rico and how in the States they aren't that long. Oh, uh, that's <laughs> and, a uh, and, and, and And how, you know, we'd be in a traffic jam and he'd complain about how when he used to live in X state, you know, the traffic wasn't as bad. Mm. But I mean, it, then again, it's, it's, it's a state of mental colonization mm -hmm. um, where you just automatically think that you're inferior and everything around you is inferior to that stateside um, fairy tale, you know, of Disneyland of what lots of state editors think is going to become of Puerto Rico upon granting statehood. But um, like you said in the article, I mean, uh, well, yeah. I mean, most of our politicians are already aligned the Republican and Democrat parties. And, you know, they're just going to be the same folks. They just run under a, run under a different flag. It's, it's not going to change anything at all. I mean, um, 
hell, if we could put all our politicians on a boat and, and swap them for new ones, I mean, I'd be up for changing to any status quo. Well, I mean, you know what that old saying, I mean, you you have to change politicians as uh, as often as you change diapers for the same reason. Yeah. <laughs> I like that one. I that old saying. That. Well, that's an old saying. It's uh, right. I forgot who said it, but it, it's it's not mine. It's yeah. But um but I mean when when you said corrupt politicians, I it kind of, I, I this is a question I want to ask you because, you know, I am I am a I'm a New Yorkan, if you if you can't tell. Uh <laughs> but um <laughs> But uh, yeah, um, you know, I, and I hate to take away from from you know, a history that we as Puerto Ricans have made. But Sonia, so- is it true that Sonia Sotomayor's family is one of the most corrupt politicians on the island? I'm not familiar with her family members. Um, I don't. I, I wouldn't know. Oh, okay. Um, I'm not sure. That's actually the first time I've heard of that. Um, but I don't. I don't know who her family members here. And I mean, do you know their names? Uh, I'm assuming the Sotomayors. <laughs> Only Sotomayors I know are economists, so oh, okay. <laughs> and they're actually reputable people. So I mean, I don't know. I'd have to look into that a little bit more. Oh, okay. Um. So the next point, uh, like I want to make it. This wasn't in your article, but um, they um, this is uh, I forgot where I got this from, but um, it would also lead to a, a culture loss. Um, you know, I don't. I don't actually buy that argument because mm. I I was born in Puerto Rico. I mm. moved to the states before the age of one. Mm-hmm. I grew up um, in between Albany, New York, and Georgia, and uh, and I came back to Puerto Rico when I was eighteen, and oh, I wow. had to relearn Spanish, mm. and I had to uh, uh, kind of break my way back into things. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, and then again, you know, I spent most of my childhood in the States. Right. And, you know, my father and my mother also migrated to, to the U.S. Mm-hmm. And my grandparents also for a, peri- for a period lived in the U.S. And the last time I, I looked up a statistic on the issue, I read that over um, 65% of Puerto Ricans were either born or raised in the U.S. And uh, um, I think that the United States in general has become um, enough of a plurality of cultures mm-hmm. for Puerto Rican culture to have persisted. And I'm not really worried about that aspect. I know that lots of uh, my fellow anti-statehood activists um, criticize statehood saying it's going to kill our culture. But I mean, uh, with globalization, I mean, it could kill our culture either way. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you turn on the radio and you can still hear American music. And there's some people who still think that speaking English is cool and mm-hmm. we're not a state. So, um, you know, I, I, I'm not worried about, you know, the cultural issue under statehood. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't mean that certain pro-statehood administrations view Puerto Rican culture as a threat and they have not adopted local public policies against Puerto Rican culture. That's a different issue, but that's not necessarily statehood's fault. Mm-hmm. It's by some of the activists who think that if we uh, we have our own independent culture, I mean, our uh, autonomous culture, we could say that it's a threat to statehood, and you'll see that sometimes. I remember during the Pedro Rosa administration back in the '90s, mm-hmm. you know, on local public TV they'd put like American football games, and uh, and that's definitely it does not have a market here. You know, and I remember I remember it received a lot of criticism from folks saying, "Why are you playing American football on public TV?" And some people saw it as a sort of like acculturation type thing like an assimilation type measure. Um, but stuff like that. I mean, and I, 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 you know, you, you do see it every once in a while. I mm-hmm. mean, there's some mayors here in Puerto Rico who have insisted on replacing all their stop signs with English stop signs. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, they've renamed the, na- the, the city police department in, into English and uh, park names into English. That's foolish. And I think that's sort of like uh, the opposite of what you're stating because there are people who think that Puerto Rican culture is an impediment to statehood. Hmm. And, uh, um, you know, so I, I'm not worried about it. I'm more worried about um, local fanatics um, trying to erase Puerto Rican culture because they see it as an impediment to statehood. Right. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, because I mean, from like this, uh, from the article, this is what I got from it. Many people are concerned that the rich Puerto Rican culture would eventually be lost when Puerto Rico is integrated to the U.S. The country's Spanish language, along with other cultural aspects, will likely be replaced by English. And you, you just mentioned that's happening already. Also, Puerto Ricans are concerned that <clears throat> they will lose their heritage if they become a state and will not be recognized as an individual nation in the Olympics or world beauty pageants. Uh, you know, I think it's super cool we got an Olympic team. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, I I I, I always uh, root for the the national baseball team during the uh, fall baseball yeah. classic, and 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 I, I'm down with that. That's cool, and I don't want to lose our Olympic team. Uh, nevertheless, like when I hear folks that cite, you know, our Olympic team is the only reason they don't want to become a state, then I think that's kind of a uh, it's a shortfall. I, I think it's a weak argument. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, if we became a state, we're going to lose our Olympic team. Um, you know, if statehood really did help us and it helped us, you know, it prevented starvation and things like that, then mm-hmm. I think that, you know, having an Olympic team is the least of our worries. Um, but uh, I'm, I, again, and then again, you know, this is coming from a Puerto Rican who grew up in the States, mm-hmm. um, maybe talking to a Puerto Rican who was born and raised in Puerto Rico and who hasn't left or who hasn't spent time in the U.S. Maybe that's a worry of theirs, but I'm personally not worried about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, English is already one of the official languages here. They already teach it in the schools. And, you know, like I said, we're not a state. So I'm, I'm not too worried about the cultural aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, it really doesn't worry me whatsoever. I've heard other folks say that, you know, become a state, we're going to lose Miss Universe and stuff like that. It seems to me a poor excuse to to uh, not become a state. But I mean, then again, this is coming from a Puerto Rican who grew up in the state. Mm-hmm. Maybe my point of view is different than the author of that article that you cited. Okay. Um, but it but it is a frequent argument that I hear. And, you know, I don't I don't share that that fear. Um, because I think, you know, especially when you go to the Puerto Rican, um, communities in the U S I mean, our culture, you know, I would even dare say that sometimes it thrives more in stateside communities than here. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, my, as a Puerto Rican growing up in the States, my Puerto Rican identity, my respect for Puerto Rican cultural symbols was fostered in the States. And, uh, in fact, when I came back to Puerto Rico, um, you know, uh, I, I came back to Puerto Rico with a Puerto Rican flag on my neck, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and uh, and I grew up in the States. So, I mean, I, I'm not worried about that. You go to Humboldt Park, you go to, you know, you go to New York, mm-hmm. and you'll just see Puerto Rican symbols everywhere. So I think that we have a very resistant culture, and I'm not worried about that aspect. Yeah, if I could take, like, a little time, like, away from this. Like, I really, because uh, I was on the website, and um, I saw the banner free Oscar Lopez. Where Where do you stand on that? Um, Oscar is a result, is a, a byproduct of a colonial situation. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, whether you agree or you don't agree with his methods, as long as you have a situation like we have right now in Puerto Rico, you're going to have your figures like Oscar. Mm-hmm. And now, um, Oscar, um, was a part of a clandestine group. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he was a member of a clandestine group. You know, and I say this to all of my fellow activists, some of who sympathize for that method of resistance, that, um, you know, okay, if you're going to pull up the flag of armed resistance or of violence or of vandalism, um, you justify it, but you must suffer the consequences. So, you know, for example, if an activist sets fire to something and they arrest that activist, sorry, but that's something that you should have considered prior to setting fire to that window. So the whole thing is like, oh, they arrested somebody for breaking something or for attempting to kill someone, uh, maybe in the context of Oscar and his, his fellow activists of his era, you know, uh, it shouldn't be a surprise that they were arrested. Um, and it shouldn't be a surprise that they were trialed. And honestly, considering the political context, it shouldn't be a surprise that the U.S. government tried to crucify them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that Oscar is very lucky that they didn't sentence him to the death penalty um well yeah i mean so, it, when i was looking into him i mean me i'm i'm a i'm a libertarian and um like i'm just gonna throw this out there i am for puerto rico independence however uh what oscar what oscar followed would have would have gotten us killed worse than than being under u.s rule 
Oh, yeah, and and the, there's also context we need to remember. That's the Cold War era where you had, um, you know, a multipolar world mm. and where it was no secret that you had, you know, these multipolar forces. And I'm talking about like Cuba or mm. Russia financing activities such as this. And that's one thing that we need to keep in context now. And that's why I think that despite the continuation of the colonial situation today, we do not have armed groups such as that. And that's because no longer do you have financial backing from people like the Castros in Russia. Right. Um, now, I mean, some people call Oscar a terrorist. I know that you've called him that. Mm -hmm. um, and But, you know, again, when you considering a colonial context, one person's terrorist is another person's freedom fighter. Um, yeah, but, um, you know... It, Putting it in under the context of comic, uh, a Marxist, uh, you know, it's when you look at the history of how communist regimes, even in, it, it, like looking as as close by to Puerto Rico as Cuba, how, how how many of their citizens have died? How many citizens are still under political um, are political prisoners in Cuba for disagreeing with the Castros? Yeah. Oh, and no doubt, I I, I had the opportunity um, to visit. Cuba in the beginning mm. of this year, and oh. uh, and I, I think that it was a great experience, and especially um, someone growing up um, during the Cold War, and especially growing up with my parents always talking to me about the wall, and you know coming to Puerto Rico and hearing the whole mm -hmm. um, Cold War context of the status debate. I think that is an education experience that I suggest to a lot of folks. But I mean, I have no doubt um, um, that uh, obviously that the system would not have been convenient for us whatsoever. I'm not a proponent of the current colonial system, mm -hmm. um, but nor do I want to convert Puerto Rico into another Cuba. Right. And, uh, uh, and you know, the, 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 the trip that I made earlier this year, you know, um, uh, when we're growing up, you know, we're told these romanticized stories of Fidel Castro and, and how things are in a communist system. But, you know, I, I, I agree with you on that aspect. I mean, I don't think it would have, I mean, it would have, it would have not have been beneficial for us whatsoever. And uh, uh, despite the fact that, you know, when I did go to Cuba, uh, I did not see things like, you know, starvation or disease. But you do see people prostituting themselves for um, a bottle of uh, mouthwash. You know what I'm saying? Like mm. um, um, toilet paper is a luxury and uh, uh, you don't have access to some simple, simple things that in other countries you would. So, I mean, then again, I'm not a I'm not a proponent of the current colonial relationship with the United States. But uh, I do not. That's not the alternative that I wish for Puerto Rico. Right. Um, okay. Uh, so uh, okay, going going back to that. Um, as far as taxes are concerned, I mean, how how badly will be would would uh, Puerto Ricans on the island be screwed? If if pretty, we were pretty screwed, pretty screwed. Right right now, we are the most tax jurisdiction in the United States. Really? Um, yes, we have the highest state tax. And uh, we also have the highest sales tax out of all 50 states. Mm -hmm. And, uh, um, you know, um, I teach a public finance course. Mm -hmm. And in the course that I teach, you know, we talk about the different types of taxing models. You, know, you got your sales tax, you got your income tax, you got your corporation tax, you got your import and export taxes. And most states and most countries utilize one or a combination of these. Puerto Rico is one of the few jurisdictions in the U.S. that uses every type of taxation you can imagine. Hmm. Um, you know, we're taxed when we get our income, we're taxed when we create a company, we're taxed when we sell um, products, we're taxed when we buy products. I mean, we're taxed for the property that we own, where we sell our products from, mm. um, you know, the vehicles that we transfer back and forth, our products are taxed as well, and so is the gasoline that we put in the tank. So mm. it's a very taxed um, society. I, I I mean, it works for me as a as a. a uh, professor for the course because I have a perfect example right here in Puerto Rico of how all the taxes work. But um, statehood um, would impose additional taxes on the Puerto Rico, up to $2.3 billion in income tax. And uh, estimates that I've read range anywhere between 40 to 50 percent of residents would have to pay additional taxes on top of the taxes they already pay in federal taxes. Yeah. There would be about uh, up to $5 billion in additional corporate taxes. And uh, not to mention um, our local gas tax um, would be uh, almost doubled um, by a federal gas tax. So, um, you know, that's one of my first arguments when I talk about statehood, how detrimental it would be. You know, it doesn't matter if it's a progressive tax. It doesn't matter if you have uh, earned income tax credits. 
2.5 billion dollars in new taxes would be disastrous for any economy mm -hmm. and uh, especially when you're talking about um, you know statehood where uh, taxes are uniform you know federal taxes are uniform through all states so it's not like we're going to be able to get an exception you know what I mean? Right. So uh, my argument has always started with that. The taxation is just crazy. It does not offset the federal fundings that we could receive. Even if we did offset the federal fundings, then you have to question yourself, is it really worth taxing 40 to 50% of the population to provide additional welfare dollars um, to Puerto Rico, which is not necessarily the type of economic development I think is beneficial for us. So um, those taxes are disastrous. Statehooders here argue that most Puerto Ricans fall so far under the uh, poverty level that they wouldn't have to pay taxes. Um, that figure I gave you, the $2.3 billion, already considers mm -hmm. the tax credits. And uh, uh, it's still a very detrimental amount. So, yeah, I mean, just we're talking about taxes for days. Well, how and, would this uh, affect a lot of the retirees that, that move back to the island? Well, I mean, remember all of these retirees are on fixed income. Right. Um, you know, you getting paid a certain amount no matter what. <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? If the prices go up, if taxes go up, you're screwed. Mm. And, uh, uh, and then, you know, lots of statehooders have argued that, you know, since we'll be getting more federal funding, um, we could start downsizing the local government, um, which is true, and it's something that they need to say straight up, you know, they would have to, you know, massively cut public sector payrolls, massively cut other services in order to accommodate these federal fundings. Now, the question I have is when we're in a situation where most states right now are fighting for more state rights, do we really want to do that? You know what I'm saying? Like, do we really want to dismantle our Puerto Rican government so that the feds can call the shots? Yeah, I mean, and, according yeah. to your article, Luis Fortuno, he uh he cut 30,000 employees. He uh you know he cut 30,000 I think is the number. Yeah. That yeah. sounds right. Um he yeah. did cut 30 30,000 employees. Nevertheless, and uh, I think this is a point where you and I might disagree. Mm -hmm. Um you know, I I agree that um public payrolls here are inflated. Uh nevertheless, um every action even uh, austerity has its reaction in a in a interrelated economy. Um, the layoffs were supposed to produce significant savings. Mm -hmm. I can't remember off the top of my head if I remember it was supposed to be like one point two, one point three billion dollars. Well, according, like according to your article, you uh, put the uh, it says uh, uh, during the Fortuna administration only priced three hundred and sixty-seven million dollars in Correct. savings. Puerto yeah, those, those were the final savings. Yeah. And that's because the layoffs mm -hmm. um, also produced, you know, new poor families mm. that in turn would turn around and apply for the state funded health care and would turn around and apply for food stamps and they would, you know, foreclose on their homes and so on. So there was a ripple effect in the economy while it took the economy time to adjust to these public sector layoffs. Um, and the negative impact that that had on the on the public budget um, offset lots of the savings that were projected from the from the um, uh, savings that would be uh, come from the layoffs facebook leads the industry in stopping bad actors online that's because they've invested 13 billion dollars in teams and technology to enhance safety over the last five years it's working in just the past few months they've taken down 1.7 billion fake accounts to stop bad actors from doing harm but working to reduce harmful and illicit content on their platforms is never done. Learn more about how they're helping people connect and share safely at about.fb.com safety. If you've got a personal auto insurance question, you could talk to a cab driver. Although the policies he recommends might include avoiding the interstate, beating traffic by taking the back roads, and only making left turns when absolutely necessary. Or you could talk to your local GEICO agent, whose policy is to use their expertise to navigate your insurance, finding the best route to help you save money on insurance for your home, car, and more. And as an added bonus, you'll be able to avoid traffic jams and potholes entirely. To find a GEICO agent near you, visit geico.com local. Mm. So, um, you know, it, it sometimes, you know, when you're looking at it just in an Excel sheet, you're thinking, you know, oh, we got to cut X billion dollars. Why don't we just fire these many people? And uh, it's a little bit more complicated than that when you start looking to the macroeconomics. I think there's more um, humane and more gradual ways to 
curtail that public budget. I mean, within it overnight, throwing 30,000 people on the street. Yeah. I mean, I'm not an economist, but wouldn't it have been better to uh, enact laws that would make, make it easier for businesses to, to start in Puerto Rico to create jobs? Oh, I agree. And, and I know that, you know, I have to get, you know, I do have to give credit where credit's due. I know that there were um, efforts to try to, uh, you know, motivate these individuals to open businesses and things of the sort. But, you know, it, that requires a little bit of an overhaul of right. everything um, from our economic system to our permitting processes. But, you know, the, the, the way I always looked at it is, um, you know, I always looked at, uh, uh, for example, you know, severance package type deals mm-hmm. where, you know what, like, you know, um, uh, next year, I'm not going to be able to pay for your salary, but I can uh, front you this severance package. Um, so basically, you got a year to find a job. You know what I'm saying? Right. And uh, uh, despite the fact that you have to, you know, um, kind of drag on that expense a little bit more, I mean, you are you are creating a cushion. But if you look at the spikes in the immigration patterns, mm-hmm. um, especially during that year, that's when we really did reach record highs for immigration. So you know, I wouldn't even I wouldn't call it immigration. I, I wouldn't so I, I wouldn't call it immigration. I mean, it's emigration of people leaving. Yeah. Oh, emigration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh. so I mean, lot, lots of that, lots of that population, we kind of pushed into Florida, Texas, and other states. Oh yeah, There's the the brain there. drain. Exactly. Well, I, I I do like. I mean, I wouldn't call it a brain drain because a recent study came out that states that Puerto Rican immigration is across the board, mm. um, which means that you know. Yes, there are professionals leaving, but we also get working class citizens that are leaving. So, so the, the, there is a brain drain because I guess you could say that those individuals who are professionals and they're educated, um, maybe we miss them more in the sense that their impact is greater. Well, yeah, like um, doctor, like the doctors um, oh, that are no doubt, yeah. that are moving out, moving, going back to the mainland because they can't they can't pay their their loans. They have exactly. to go someplace. And, and, but, yeah. but. Uh, Mm-hmm. Immigration is across the board. Okay. Um, so I mean, uh, every sector suffers equally in that aspect. But obviously, you know, a doctor less is is you know thousands of people less who get care. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. I mean, because I was reading some stories. I mean, you know, uh, CNN to so take it with a grain of salt. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they were they were interviewing some people that you know they. Uh, you know they uh they were educated in Puerto Rico to for the for these good jobs like uh an electrical engineer uh you know and they moved to Georgia because the 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 um salary was more attractive over there and they said that it's harder to to want to go back to Puerto Rico um, oh no doubt i mean and and the thing is uh you know you you have you have the I mean how many how many people like retirees have moved back to Puerto Rico compared to the people like the young people who have an education or or who are working or you know uh, you know uh, the whole the whole spectrum moving moving out to go to the states. Oh, I mean, uh, I mean, you'll, you'll always have people coming in, but I mean, it's it's we're at record level immigration levels. I, mean, mm. um, I can't remember. I think it was under fifty thousand last year who who left. I'm pulling up some statistics right now that mm-hmm. are really interesting, talking about that drain of professionals. But another article on La Repuesta mm-hmm. that I wrote called "The Proposal for Puerto Rico's Public University System." It's it. Uh, it's talking about the amount of people who leave the states, uh, leave Puerto Rico as they're drafted into these companies. And for example, um, I got a statistic here. It says uh, 50% of the people who left between 2000 and 2010 have some sort of college education. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's half of our of our immigrants are leaving. And uh, in the University of Mayaguez, which is our, our primary university um, that produces, you know, engineers and other sort of technical grades, um, half of the graduates leave the country. And uh, um, remember, we're talking about a public university system where the state heavily subsidizes tuition. Mm-hmm. So basically, you have the Puerto Rican state subsidizing high qualified technical employees for Texas hospitals and NASA. You know what I'm saying mm-hmm. so um, that brain drain does not only have its economic effect, but it has its fiscal effect well as well, because Puerto Rico is investing billions of dollars in public education only for those graduates to leave. 
and benefit other jurisdictions. Yeah, I mean, this is this is from the article. Uh, if I could read it real quick, um, Puerto Ricans are leaving the island from uh, for the mainland United States at a historic rate. The Commonwealth Institute Institute of Statistics revealed uh, the uh, results of its analysis on 2014 migration which found that Puerto Rico lost almost 2% of its population that year. About 84,000 people moved from Puerto Rico to the United States in 2014. According to re- the report, while only 20,000 moved back to the island, resulting in a net m- a migration of 1.8%, uh, while students make up two-thirds of Puerto Rico's total population decline between 1,000 and 4,000 teachers also left in 2014, a similar number of retailers moved to the states the same year. The Institute of Statistics said more people with a degree greater than high school, diplo- high school diploma flew out of Puerto Rico in 2014. Those who moved packed couldn't ma- make up the difference. So 17,000 brains were lost. And for the fourth year in a row, there was an increase in the number of professionals who left the island about 12,000 people, including managers, salespeople, healthcare workers, and educators, and uh, the Institute said. In the following years, when the history about the current migratory wave is written, it will describe as the second great migration or second great exodus of Puerto Rico. That's right. And, and I would have to say that that's one of, one of the primary roots of our fiscal situation mm-hmm. because, you know, you know, you create your budget based on projections of your income in the next year. And, you know, it's very hard to do that when you don't know if this year you're going to have 80 or 150,000 less citizens than you did last last year. Mm-hmm. So the tax base is shrinking. And, uh, you know, for example, um, a couple months ago, the governor stated that, um, you know, they created some projections to avoid certain sort of cuts. Uh, unfortunately, recently they announced that the projections were not reached and the cuts are going to have to come into effect. So it's very mm-hmm. difficult difficult to do long-range planning um you know even planning a year from now if you do not know how many taxpayers you you will have in the country um and that that is a big issue i mean i'd have to agree to that i mean even uh, even you know not having enough workers to generate revenue so that way you could pay off these loan sharks yeah totally and not only that but like you were right about how you know the brain drain um you know it it is very ten ten tempting i mean like back in 2008 i left puerto rico to start my graduate studies Mm -hmm. and um you know i had a job here in puerto rico that you know in puerto rico standards was an okay job Mm -hmm. and that same job you know same tasks same office same setting um in the states in a little town called opelika alabama uh paid double what I got paid over here. So mm. you literally doubled my salary overnight. And obviously, you know, I wanted to come back to Puerto Rico after I finished my graduates. But there's a lot of people who have children or they're taking care of elderly folks that don't have that luxury. Right. And they really can't suffer a 50% pay cut if they have a job. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. You, you, you know, it's very tempting. And, you know, I, I've, I've heard of, I've heard stories of, uh, you know, government um, supervisors, you know, public servants who left to Florida to work at Walgreens mm. because it paid double their salary. Wow. And uh, and you see that, you know, and not only that, but the cost of living is small, is, you know, lower over there. So, you know, when you, you know, when you, when you're talking and, you know, just cents and dollars, uh, I was going to say rice and beans. <laughs> mm-hmm. when, when you're talking in cents and dollars. You know, you're talking about a minimum wage family here in Puerto Rico who have the opportunity to go to the States, double or triple the salary and pay less for, you know, their monthly groceries. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people to them. It's a no brainer. They'll hop on a plane and they'll leave. Do you and, believe uh, that there's a, an active war like a, 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 like an active war against Puerto Ricans a, and against well, more specifically against Puerto Rico? that um, basically that we're being sabotaged, well, the island is being sabotaged, so that way we can't pull ourselves up by our bootstraps? You know, I wouldn't say that the key word is a war. Mm-hmm. I don't think, I don't think you know, um, that smoky dark room of bondholders were like, hey, let's declare a war on Puerto Rico and screw them over. I don't think that that was the issue. I think it's more like we are collateral damage or cannon fodder. Mm-hmm. Um, 
where they're just like, you know, let's make some money and uh, it's not our fault and it's not our problem if these people suffer. But yes, I do think that there's an agenda and, you know, I don't think there's an agenda. I know there's an agenda because when you start looking at, um, you know, what are the biggest impediments we have to local development, you know, you look up the people who are lobbying against those measures and it's the same folks. It's the shipping company. It's the multinational companies who are, you know, living off corporate welfare here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, there is an agenda and there, there is very big interests that don't want the situation to change and that are making crazy money off of people suffering and, and the economy collapsing here in Puerto Rico. Yeah, I mean, that, I mean, I yeah, I, I've heard stories about like like Puerto Rico uh, the Puerto Rican government couldn't fix a a water pur- purification um plant in because the the these loan sharks just jumped right in it's like no we got to get paid first before you provide the people clean water that's right and and i mean they, they we're talking about vulture funds mm-hmm. that specialize in troubled economies i mean these people like this kind of stuff because it puts them in a certain position where they can ask for anything they want and they can get it. And when you factor in the, you know, the, 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 the fact, sorry, part of the redundancy, but when you factor in, you know, the, the, their top dollar Washington DC based lawyers and the millions of dollars they pump into lobbying, I mean, they're unstoppable. Hmm. And, uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, these folks don't care and they specialize off this stuff you look at the same folks right now who are making millions of dollars in puerto rico mm-hmm. it's the same folks who had their hand dipped into detroit the same folks who had mm-hmm. their hand dipped into the greeks and the same folks who had their hands dipped into the ukraine these people live off of this in fact um when puerto rico when shit hit the fan back in like 2013 2014 mm-hmm. um even m- mutual funds like you know oppenheimer uh multiplied their shares by eight I mean, when the economy's collapsed and Moody's and Finch's starts taking away your credit rating and you you multiply your, your investments by eight, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know it's bad and it's going to get worse, but these folks live off that. And, uh, you know, you look at these, I mean, you just, just, just look at the investments. They've gone up over the years during crisis. So, I mean, these are these are folks who specialize in this and there's no, there's, I mean, there's no hiding it. And it's like, I'm not... I'm not. I, I'm not a conspiracy theorist here. That's just how it is. That's my job. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. I'll. I'll. Yeah. I'll, I'll find. I'll find. I'll find these motherfuckers. No. So. Um. I don't know. Their, their name. We got their names. I mean, their names are are in the lawsuits. I mean, we know who they are. Um, what? What are these? What are these lawsuits? Uh, can you? Can you? Because uh, I. I. I didn't find anything about lawsuits. Man, there's there's so many lawsuits. Uh, I mean, it's like they got them already written, and they're just kind of waiting to see who's governor, so they can throw the name on the lawsuit and file it. Um, oh, against you know, Puerto Rico. There's just layers of lawsuits. I don't even know where to start with that. Um, but, uh, are you familiar with uh, Puerto Rico's efforts of? Uh, I don't even uh, the la quiebra criolla, the the local. Bankruptcy law. Are you familiar with that by any chance? No, no, I'm not. Well, back in 2014-ish, mm-hmm. um, you know, Puerto Rico, prior to PROMESA, did not have any sort of restructuring mechanism. Um, oh, PROMESA re- is, is the bill signed by Obama that uh, basically ha- uh, assigned babysitters to us. Correct, yeah. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Puerto Rico, you know, two, three years ago did not have any sort of legal mechanism to refinance debt. You know, when you and I, we can't pay our mortgage, you know, we at least have a couple options where we can go to the bank be like, yo, I can't pay. You know, your losses are going to be worse if you don't negotiate with me. And at least that gives us some sort of leverage. Right. Um, Puerto Rico did not have a mechanism like that. It used to be have access to uh, Chapter 9 bankruptcy in the United States. But in the 80s, Puerto Rico was... Uh, they took the that that mechanism away. Um, so from the 80s to the present, we have not had a way to restructure our debt. And uh, you know, the Puerto Rican government, you know, um, was like, all right, well, if Chapter Nine doesn't apply to us, we'll go ahead and approve our own local, you know, uh, restructuring law. And and the bondholders jumped on that, and they were able to get it declared in constitution. 
And mm. that was just the first of a string of lawsuits. I mean, we've had lawsuits overturning any law that you know could possibly dip their hands in the pockets of the bondholders. And right now, the uh, Federal Control Board here in Puerto Rico is overseeing um, what is sort of bankruptcy procedure. And you know, last time I checked the docket, there was over 60 um, type of uh, creditors who have tried to dip their hands into it. Mm. So I mean. Uh, we're talking about dozens, dozens of uh, different, you know, bondholders. Each of them with their own lawyers, both local and, you know, federal, and uh, num- numerous cases that have reached the Supreme Court already. And you know, it's just a just a heyday for lawyers. I mean, they're probably the ones who are get the best deal out of all this. Yeah, I'm surprised um, Puerto Rico hasn't done what what the U.S. has done. I mean. Uh, what the U.S. does, they have they have this link where you could go, and if you want to donate to pay, to specifically pay down the debt, there there's an option to do that. How come Puerto Rico hasn't set something up like that so that way people like me that live here we could like throw in ten fifteen bucks, you know, or whatever to to help pay down and, and save the island. Well, numerous things. First of all, a lot of the bondholders that are currently, um, you know, creditors for Puerto Rico, and mm-hmm. we don't really know who all the bondholders are because bonds are sold on the second, third hand market. So mm-hmm. we don't really know who we owe. And uh, uh, what we do know is that uh, probably roughly about half of that debt is owned by, you know, these hedge funds that purchase their bonds at a, a fraction of their value. Mm-hmm. So the question is, all right, well, if I owe you 10 bucks, but someone comes and buys that debt for three bucks. Should I pay that dude ten bucks? You know what I'm saying? Like, like, is it really an ethical um, thing to pay the full value of that debt? Because, um, like you said, they are loan sharks. Yeah. And uh, and they're buying on the second and third hand market bonds, which they knew they could never really charge. And they're trying to, you know, flex the political muscle in D.C. to get the hundred percent off of that. But what so I'm saying, first... what I'm saying is, like normal people like me, not not buy bonds, but donate money to Puerto Rico, so that way we could pay off, pay off the debt. So that way, so that way, Puerto Rico doesn't owe doesn't owe um, anyone money, but they they receive donations. So that way, you know, it, it the the debt could be erased. Yeah, on, on the other hand, the second point is there's a lot of folks who are questioning the legality of some of those debts. Mm, like, am mm-hmm. I going to pay 10 bucks to pay for a debt which I think, think is illegal? And, uh, mm. and just to give you a few examples, our Constitution, like many conservative states dream of, have a balanced budget clause in our Constitution. Politicians have ignored that for decades. Mm. Um, our Didn't... Constitution has a cap on how much we could take out in loans it mm. says we can't spend more than 15 percent of our budget on payments so politicians have also ignored that question is is a politician who purposely violates the constitution by approving unbalanced budgets and by taking out loans over what we can constitutionally pay for is that debt legal um, according to u.s constitutional law it is not or at least it gives us an argument to try to lower that debt. So, for example, if I had 10 bucks in my hands right now, which I don't, mm. uh, would I give it to the government for them to go pay a debt, which I think is illegal? Or which was, you know, am I going to give them 10 bucks so they could turn around and give it to like a, a vulture fund like Aurelius, which it specializes mm. in troubled economies? So that's why I don't think people, you know, and that has its effects in things like tax evasion, where right. now, you know, you know, What's my incentive to pay taxes? You know what I'm saying? If they're just going to take my money and throw it on illegal debt. Mm. Um, so, you know, that, that's why I don't think we haven't seen a movement like that. In fact, um, we've seen the opposite. We've seen people hit the streets and sign petitions requesting that the debt be audited so that we can identify how much of this debt is illegal or questionable and use that in our favor at the point of negotiating the debt. So I think that the direct opposite is kind of – only like three, four months ago, um, there was a signature petition campaign that pulled 100,000 signatures hmm. um, requesting that the debt be audited. And uh, uh, But, you know, there's certain forces that don't want to see that happen. Of course not. Of course not. I mean, I mean, has is there also a push to see if 
some laws have been broken and people need to go to jail? Oh yeah, I mean that that that's I mean the whole audit movement, you know, sprung <clears throat> up maybe about two years ago when the government approved a law um, to audit the debt. And they created an independent um, commission to audit the debt, and part of that commission responsibility was to not only you know balance numbers and you know add up digits on spreadsheets, but to question whether or not certain debts were legally drawn. Um, but that commission has been dismantled mm -hmm. uh, after releasing two preliminary reports <clears throat> stating that there are questionable debts, uh, not only in violation of the Constitution, but in violation of SEC uh, um, regulations and in violation of uh, uh, caps on how much banks can charge commissions. There's banks that charge nine times more commission than the stateside average. Uh, you know, this commission had that responsibility, but uh, shortly after releasing its two preliminary re um, reports, it was dismantled and the law was overturned. So now there is no audit. Hmm. And uh, I'm sure you know why. Hmm. Yep. <laughs> Damn. So, I mean, so basic, oh, basically the only way would be to, to become independent, an independent country. So that way, so that way, we would have more power. We, I keep saying we, but you, you know, screw it. I, I'm Puerto Rican. I, 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 you are, you're on the same vibe. Don't worry about it, man. I feel you. I, I feel you. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, you know, you know, I mean, <laughs> like, I mean, honestly, I'm gonna go like next week. I'll probably go into more detail on why I feel puerto rico should be what what form of government puerto rico should be if it became independent um you know you know i i'm just gonna put like i i'm thinking more of a costa rica type system because they're more libertarian but um you know like if puerto rico became independent i mean from what you're telling me i would understand that we would have more uh more power to negotiate with these scumbags and and actually then be able to audit this debt and see if we even owe people yeah i mean uh, in theory <clears throat> in theory yeah in theory but uh you know two points one mm -hmm. i can guarantee you they're not going to give us independence while we owe these bondholders yeah um, but they're not going to give us statehood either because i already oh, no. i saw this article where um you know since it's a, the republicans are looking at our debt like uh, nah, we're not, we're not gonna, they're not gonna approve that because of the debt. I know. So it's but like, you know, we're damned if we're due and we're damned if we, like, we're, we're, we're stuck between a rock and a hard place. Oh yeah, and, and you can, I can guarantee you that these bondholders and these loan sharks are gonna use every tool they have and stretch all of their muscles in Washington, D.C. to assure that Puerto Rico does not move in either direction. In fact, the current governor, um, his, uh, the referendum that was recently taking place here in Puerto Rico concerning the status originally was just between um, statehood and sovereignty. Mm. Um, shortly after, there was a group of eight Republican um, senators, very powerful senators, that signed a letter to the Department of Justice demanding that in that ballot, the current status be included in the options. And... Uh, you know, I, I highly doubt that they wanted to do it in order to be democratic or to give a voice to a certain amount of people. And I'm, I'm, I'm in favor of being as democratic and inclusive as possible. But if you look at who pays for the campaigns of these eight senators, you'll see it's the same vulture funds that are trying to charge Puerto Rico. So, I mean, mm -hmm. they have every interest to make sure that Puerto Rico's current political status stays the same. Right. They will not let Puerto Rico become a state nor independent until its debts are paid. Yeah, but then how, how are we supposed to pay off the debt? Well, they're going to sell off all our schools. They're going to sell off all the highways. They're going to sell off everything. And people who those those few of us who are left, they're going to just have to pay it off. They're going to bleed us. Mm. And I that, know it's frustrating. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Now, the second mm. point is, mm. you know, remember, this is not the first time these bondholders have dipped into politics. Look at Argentina. Uh, Argentina had a similar situation where they had tons of debt mm -hmm. and the same bondholders, I'm talking about the same lawyers, I'm talking about the same public relations firms, the same players, literally tumbled the government, 
picked their candidate. When the new candidate came in, they got their payoff, and they disappeared. So that was an independent country. And, uh, uh, I mean, we're talking about very powerful forces. So whether Puerto Rico is a state or whether it is independent or a commonwealth, we're, you know, you know, we, we spend our days fighting each other over the status, but sometimes we do not see that the uh, biggest impediment we have is not the local Puerto Ricans in our indecision. It's external forces such as these bondholders. But uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, we goof on we goof on uh, Nigeria for, uh, you know, sending those scam emails, but they were able to pay <laughs> off the IMF. So that's right. Yeah. That is <laughs> hey, guys, right. get to typing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I might start sending out some scam emails myself. Yeah, right. <laughs> just, just try to get out of this. Get get out of this debt. Get out of this yeah. debt. Hi, I am Prince Jose Ruiz. Yeah. I and, have fifty uh, billion I have dollars. A magnificent inheritance that I'd like you to uh, help me withdraw. Just send me two hundred dollars in Western Union, and we'll call it a split. Yeah, <laughs> we get we, we could do this. Yeah, we could do this. Hey, we, we got a we got a new business model. We got a new right? yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hey, and it's more honorable. It's more honorable than some of these loan sharks that, that are hovering over us right now. Exactly. You know, I scam. Yeah. You know, <laughs> start start emailing people from the south. So anyway, exactly. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> from the south. What, what are you doing? South? What's your problem with the south? What's wrong with you? <laughs> How dare you? This brown boy coming out trying to think we're stupid. No, so. <laughs> Shannon, get me my gun. I'm headed to New well, York City. Well, well, if you look at some of the congresspersons that are pushing for these things, they're, they're from um, these real sparse areas. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, you could, you could guess. I don't even know what's a Puerto Rican. They probably don't exist like the moon man. Yeah. <laughs> they, they probably don't even think we're real people. Yeah. It's like, we're, is, that we're, in the, uh, we're, is that one of them Harry Pothead characters? No. Let me stop. <laughs> So, uh, oh man, wow, an hour just went like that. Uh, so, what, what do you want to promote? Uh, what do I want to promote? I've, I've always been a propon- proponent of the free associated model. That is well, a model no, no, for you. you I mean, no, what, what do you want to promote? Do you have anything that you want my listeners to like? How, how, how can they check you out if they want to support you or, you know? Oh, well, the, these new emails that we're talking about, these they, spam emails. These spam emails. <laughs> Well, um, you mentioned the article on La, on La Repuesta. Mm-hmm. Um, if you uh, pull me up on Twitter, uh, Luis Gallardo with two L's. I said that in like American English. So Gallardo. Spell it right. Gallardo. Luis Gallardo PR. Um, on Twitter or on Facebook, um, you'll find a nice uh, archive. Oh, and LuisGallardoPR.com, which is my old campaign URL, but it's mm-hmm. still up. Okay. And uh, that's where you can get not only that article, but if you specifically like subsearch for statehood, it's a it's a topic I really enjoy, and you'll find a couple dozen articles on the matter. All right, man. Um, I, I you know you you are you are a great guest. Uh, thank you for coming on. It was an honor. Uh, it's always thank great. You. It's always great having another 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 Puerto Rican, another brother on the, yeah. on on the air. And I, of course, I got I got one I got one request. Yes. Can you play that big pun again? Oh, I was actually about to. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> and Go for it. Yep. And uh, let's see. What dish? Oh, oops. Puerto Rico. Toma. Know if I got a gun, it's fun. From the X side of things, but getting some of my rings. Everything at one, I guess, but I've been in my mind. I shine like money that sound like Biggie. Ooh. Fuck around my town, book it down my city. Come around, get down. All right. <laughs> Excellent. <Yes. laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no problem. No, I have to do that to, to, keep, to keep the bad spirits away. Nice. <laughs> you know, you gotta, you know, do you well. can't, you can't do that because, you know, I do, I do that. I do that for my ancestors. <laughs> Good. 
Excellent. So well, thanks, man. I, I had a fun on the show. Thanks a lot. You're always welcome to come back if uh, if something else comes up. Can I have you on the show again? Sure, no doubt. And I'm putting uh, you on the spot. And, and when that when that email business goes off, then uh... yeah, let me let me know because I know how to write some. <laughs> I know how to write some uh, bullshit. You know what I mean? Nice, good stuff. <laughs> All right, All right man. Well, appreciate it. Gracias, Luis. Okay. Yeah, like to uh, like to thank everyone for listening to the show. Uh, smash the like button. However, you're listening to the show, you could always follow me on uh, Twitter at Louis B One or Louis B Comedy on Facebook. Also, you could follow the show. Please subscribe on iTunes, uh, Google Play Music, uh, iHeart Radio, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. And also Spreaker, of course, Spreaker, how you're listening, please like, like, and subscribe. So that way you can always be up to date. And again, like, comment, subscribe. And as always, from my house to your house, mahalo. Morning, morning. And that's the end of my show, donk. Help the Crowdshot Radio Show grow and thrive by doing something you already do. Shop on Amazon. Amazon always has great deals for whatever you are looking for. From survivalists and riot gear to Beanie Babies. Next time you're going to shop at Amazon, use my link. The prices stay the same, but I get credit for the sale. Just go to tinyurl.com slash B And just shop normally, knowing that you're helping support the Crotchshot Radio Show. That's tinyurl.com slash B. More than one in three people will face cancer in their lifetime. Unfortunately, fear can stop you from getting your cancer screening, but it won't stop cancer. Early detection can save your life. Don't wait for symptoms to appear to act. Cancer screening is safe, effective, and accessible for everyone, including free or low-cost screening programs. Go to cancerscreeninfo.com right now for free screening resources and recommendations from the American Cancer Society. Don't wait. Early detection can save your life. Go to cancerscreeninfo.com today. Cancerscreeninfo.com. Facebook leads the industry in stopping bad actors online. That's because they've invested $13 billion in teams and technology to enhance safety over the last five years. It's working. In just the past few months, they've taken down 1.7 billion fake accounts to stop bad actors from doing harm. But working to reduce harmful and illicit content on their platforms is never done. Learn more about how they're helping people connect and share safely at about.fb.com slash safety.